With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Afternoons on SEN. SEN Afternoons. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. He'll be back in 2024. NBA. Vegas right now, LeBron James and Zion Williamson going at it. Let's talk a little NBL. What we're trying to do is get people in studio, have a chat about all things their profession and whatever the hell they want to talk about, to be fair. And Chris Golding is in studio for a Friday afternoon, of course, NBL legend, Olympian two-timer and an Olympic bronze medalist, CG43 in the house. How you doing? Good, mate. Thanks for having me. It feels good to be back in studio. Been in studio with you for a while. We need to get you in a little more, mate. I know you got a lot on, but you can squeeze some more time for us uh, SENers, can't you? Please invite me. I'm 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 free a lot of the time. Hey, uh, before we get into all things happening with Melbourne United and and yourself, uh, NBA in season tournament. We've spoken a fair bit about it today. Are you are you someone who watches like other basketball and, and NBA? Are you someone who who takes it in, or you got too much on on your own plate? No, I, I generally watch um, the NBA come playoff time. Yeah. I think that's some of the best basketball mm-hmm. going around when the stakes really get raised. So it's what the NBA is trying to do with this tournament, mm-hmm. raise the stakes mid-season. Because I think if you just watch the same regular season games from start to finish of the season, it can get a little stale. Absolutely. Uh, I would imagine it would for the players as mm-hmm. well, 82 games. So I, I don't mind them trying this. I've, I've probably watched more of these in-season games than I have re- regular season games this year, but that'll definitely ramp up once the playoffs come around. So so on that, because they're in a situation where they play 82 games a year and, and there is no doubt that the players coast in, I won't say half, but I'll say 35% of them because the LeBron Jameses of the world know that as long as they get to the playoffs, they can half switch it on and away they go. How do you go? Because you, you recent times have been playing 12 months a year. We had the Olympics, so you sort of rolled on through. We had a, a different kind of NBL seasons with COVID and the bubble and all of that. You played for Australia again in the off-season in the World Cup. Do, do you find yourself needing time to refresh from the game? Yeah, definitely, but uh, not not too much time. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as you get a bit older, the more time you take off, the harder it is to um, get back in shape. So even when I'm sort of not on court, not playing, you still have to find yourself doing some type of fitness, uh, staying in the gym. Otherwise, you just get too far behind the eight ball, mm-hmm. um, especially the way the game's going these days. It's it's bigger, it's younger, it's faster. So getting behind the eight ball is not a good idea, but you definitely need a mental refresher. Um, but the challenges of going to different teams and figuring out different roles and leagues and that sort of stuff is... Uh, something I love within itself. So I wouldn't say it's draining um, playing 12 months of the year, but every now and then the body needs a little break. Well, it gets a little workout as well. <laughs> how was how was Paris? Because you, you've done a little Europe stuff over the time, but you wandered over to Paris. A- how did you enjoy it? Yeah, too much. You said the wallet got a workout mm. in the reverse direction. The other way. <laughs> That's what happens when you take the family over, yeah, mate. Paris, France is not cheap. Um but an amazing experience for us. We were there for three months mm-hmm. together. Um, my daughter, who's about to turn three, she loved it. 
My wife took some time off work. So not only did we have a great situation at the club, we had a great situation, um, you know, living in the city centre. Uh, what an opportunity for us to do that as a young family. And it made it a bit easier that I had some familiarity with the coach in mm. Will Weaver at Paris. And um, we started winning some games after I got there as well. How does that go? Like Will Weaver, of course, Coach Sydney here for a short time and such a main rival of, of Melbourne United. So not to say there's major bad blood, but there's sometimes awkwardness when you, you link up. Is it is it straight up and you have one convo and it's all good? Or do you, do you joke about the times where you, you had to try and coach against you? How, how does that all work? Yeah, it's something that's um, probably a bit more unique to the NBL is mm-hmm. like the perceived bad blood between opposition and and all that. And it is a bit like that, you know. I've played in other areas of the world and I know the NBA guys are the same that when they, their mates and other Aussies come to town, they're hanging out, mm-hmm. they're getting drinks, getting dinner. It's something we don't do very well in the NBL at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just how competitive it is. We only play 25, 28, sometimes, I don't know, 33 games. If you're lucky enough, it, it's just every game means so much. So you're so locked in mentally around our games, whereas in other parts of the world, I mean, you play 50, 60, 70, 80 games. So um, I'd spent time with Will at the national team as well. So our relationship was strong. We'd kept in contact since he left Sydney. So um, it was a no-brainer for me to go up and um, to go over there and, and try and help him out. And what he did for me was get me ready for – um, coming into the World Cup campaign, coming into uh, camp so I could go and put my best foot forward and make that team. How about Wemby? <laughs> What's it like playing against him? Because you played him in a final, right? In the final. No, we played him in uh, the last regular season okay. game. So okay. we had to beat them mm-hmm. on their floor to make the playoffs. Okay. Um, How do you scout him? Like, what, what do you do in the film room when you're looking at him? Yeah, it's real. Like, it's so real because I got I missed the, the first time that Paris played them and we got there and I, I spoke to Will about it. He was like, I, I kept telling the guys, don't shoot over him. You know, if he's guarding you, move him around, take him to the perimeter, get him out of there. And he finished the game with nine blocks. <laughs> so we doubled down on that, yeah. that message. Uh, I think he only had a few or three or four this name, but it's, it's, it's a real problem. And our scout was if he is guarding you or if you are in the paint and he's around, you do not shoot it. Mm-hmm. You move it and look for a better shot because that, even if you think that's a good shot, it's not. Is he better offensively or defensively right now? Cause all those things you touch on and what we have seen from NBA teams trying to work on it with the brooms and all the rest of it, it's, it's all inch towards his defense, but offensively, he is unique as well. He he is, and I think the highlight plays of his offense is what you see mm-hmm. or what you saw yeah. previously um, before he got drafted. But I was, you know, staunch in the fact that even if he's not shooting the ball well and you see him make threes and he's streaky, his shot will get better, his offensive game will develop. Where he can change the game is on the defensive end and we're seeing that now, you know, he's blocking shots from, from everywhere. So even if he throughout the course of this season is not going to be as polished, as fantastic, as consistent offensively, what he will do is change the game defensively from the second he steps on the floor. Did he get you? No, he didn't. But anytime I switch. 
afternoons. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. 043398 to get involved. A lot of people off the 40 Wings temper text asking about your golf game, CG. So we'll just park basketball for a second. How is your your golf game going? We, uh, myself and a couple of the guys uh, got off at 7.35 mm-hmm. yesterday in the morning at Southern Golf Club. Um, didn't start well. There were some dark times for mm-hmm. me, um, but... I was texting my wife, I don't know why I do this on my day off. I waste my time. Come out here. And then I reeled off two birdies in a row, a couple pars to finish and had 39 points and almost won the comp. So how is it going at the moment in the last 24 hours? Pretty good. Does but, basketball, uh, basketball gets in the way of golf, doesn't it? At no, times? no, it doesn't. No. <laughs> you, you, mate, you and I played at Royal Melbourne. You brought that dude who was pretty much a scratch golfer. Mm. Who was that guy? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my mates. <laughs> but... You are not a scratch golfer. No, I'm the worst golfer of all time. I thought we were going out for a bit of fun, and you bought some dude who just went bang off you, the first tee. You rocked up at RM. I think you had runners on. You had chinos on. I and did. It was almost like you'd borrowed someone's polo and hit the ball 14 metres in front of you. That wasn't the worst issue, though, because... Classic chino. Adam Cooney nearly got kicked off for having a visible tattoo, so... Yeah, he wasn't yeah. He wasn't much better. At least he could get it, get the ball in the air. But, yeah, it was a, it was a motley crew down at it RM was. West that We've got to do it again, actually. Hey, um, at Olympic Games, you, you've been to two now. Uh, 2016 in, in Rio and... And a fourth place, it's so close to that medal and that, that magical medal in Tokyo. But in such different circumstances with no real fans allowed. Just just talk about the, the differences of uh, clearly a medal compared to fourth, but the differences in the experiences from Rio to, to Tokyo. Yeah, it, vastly, vastly different. Um, you know, my family was there in Rio for my first Olympics. There was still like a... You know, do you remember the Zika virus? Mm-hmm. So there was still like that thing going on. Yeah, it was okay. like, don't stray too much from yep. your accommodation. You know, the the village was a long way out of town in Rio. So there wasn't too much going out and getting amongst the, the locals or anything like that. The crowds were amazing. Um, and that's probably the one thing we missed a little bit more in Tokyo. Central village in in the heart of Tokyo Amazing people, amazing culture. It would have been great to get really immersed in that and then see those fans at the games as well. Um, so it was a, a contrasting experience, but Tokyo, for obvious reasons, was such a, a career highlight. You've, you've done so much in your in your career and it's still going so strong, but like you're an Olympic medalist. Like, did, did, has it, Does it sink in or is that something as you – Go into retirement in 10 years' time, you'll think more about because you've, you've got an Olympic medal at home. Yeah, I think it's something as I get older and my kids get older, uh, will not feel more special, but you, you'll look back on it a lot more fondly. Like at the time, we were so caught up in achieving what everyone wanted the boomers to do, and we celebrated and partied, and then it calmed down, and you know, four weeks in quarantine or <laughs> make you real calm before you get out. Um, so I kind of didn't really hit me again until I got back to Melbourne and everyone was like, I want to see the, me- where's the medal. And like people on our street were like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. How good's this? So then all the feelings sort of um, again. resurfaced again. So it's pretty special, but I think it'll get special um, or even more special as, you know, relatives and kids and that get older. You've, you've done, you, you've stood up in major massive games and, and, and gone nuts when it comes to NBL championships and all the rest of it. But 
being a part of what Paddy Mills did that night, have you have you seen something or someone do something that special with with so much that rides onto it? Nah, it was superb. It was honestly one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. And knowing that just in isolation, the basketball itself, the pressure, but everything else that Pat does and the the how outspoken he is about wanting to win and um, make our um, program what he thinks it should be, he he dumped all that pressure on his shoulders yeah. as well. And then on top of that, to go out and put a performance like that together is just ridiculous. It's, it's, it's never easy to get a sense of when someone's going to do something like that, right? But... Like, did you have a sense that it all, everything that had led up and he, he was unfortunately central to a disgusting call in Rio. So like he's, he's at the forefront of everything that is driving towards him. Like, did you have a sense pregame that he was going to do that on court as well as what he has to carry outside of it? No, but what I will say is, and, and I'm a big believer in like your preparation and how hard you work. Sometimes the games don't go how you plan. And that's all right because it's live sport. It's, you know, everyone's working hard for the for the same thing. So there's going to be losers. There's going to be people on the wrong end of stuff. But the way that he prepares and prepares himself for boomers basketball, international mm. competitions is second to none. Like I, I know right now at Atlanta, he's not playing that much. He will be doing workouts specifically focused on the offenses and where he thinks he's going to get shots in Paris in six, seven, eight, nine months time. That That is the way he approaches the boomers. And it's the reason why he's been so sec- so successful on that stage for so long. Paris for you, it's, it's driving you? It is, yes. But much the same as I'm, I have been driven mm-hmm. in years gone by. I understand um, the talent level within the country. Um, I understand the choices that the coaching staff have at their disposal. And if they need me, 100%, not a worry. If they don't, if they come and say, thank you, well, how lucky am I that I've, you know, got to play in five major tournaments and represent my country. Do you, do you have a, is there an ongoing conversation with Brian Gorgian or is it roll the balls out into the training camp? How does it all work? Because you are in the team, you're in the, you're in the team and the last team that we've seen the boomers. So is there... Convos with Brian Gorgian, or is it just like, hey man, we'll see you in wherever the camp is? Like, how does it work for you, which is a little different to an NBA guy like a Patty Mills? I think everyone has dialogue with the coaching staff mm-hmm. and Brian and um, Maddie Capes, those guys. So, yeah, there's dialogue. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's no more than I'm going to get in good shape. I'm going to come in mm-hmm. and um, whenever it may be and put my best foot forward and. Um, we've, we've caught up and, and spoke about a little about the world cup and how we thought we could have been better there or what do we need to do going forward? But no more than he would be having chats with all the NBA guys when he's going over to the States and all the guys that are based in Japan or Europe or, or whatever it may be. Just before we get to a break, we're going to touch on Melbourne United and the NBL on the other side of it. Uh, you, you mentioned quarantine, so it was the Olympics are what you're training every single day. It's all about, you know, your professional, like physical top. (laughs) And then what, you just sit in a little room or did you have a balcony? Whereabouts were you quarantined? I went to to Brisbane. Yep. um, And there was no balcony, no window. So just a hotel room. There was a window that didn't open. Okay. Um, So yeah, just your stock standard 
um, run-of-the-mill hotel room. How, how did you find it? Like, as a, as a professional athlete, how did you find just stopping after what had been a, a huge time? Well, we celebrated pretty hard yeah. for the first two nights, so I was ready to get uh, So you needed the two weeks? <laughs> no, not the two <laughs> weeks. Um, it was challenging. And anyone, whether they're athletes or whatever they do in their walk of life, that mm-hmm. had to go through isolation or quarantine or whatever it was, will admit that it was really challenging mentally and physically and all those things. I guess we can just kind of laugh about it now and, you know, what what was going on back then. But, hey, yeah, it was challenging. Where is the medal? Well, Sobe had his stolen. Yes, so I, I don't, know. I don't, I don't want to... Um, but you know where it is, though. Yeah, I know where it is. Okay, that's it's safe. So we got yeah. it back, right? Which is a remarkable back, story in yeah. its own right. Which is yeah. uh, it's huge. All right, wait right there. We're going to touch on Melbourne United on the other side of this. It's a uh, fifteen-point lead for the Lakers in Vegas to kickstart the third quarter. All thanks to Work Locker. This is SEN Afternoons. Afternoons on SEN. SEN Afternoons. Cam Luke filling in for Dwayne Russell off the text. Is a nine-year-old girl choosing the music, having a crack at A-Rod, the DJ at the back, who does a wonderful job traditionally. Chris Golding in studio. All thanks to Hungry Jacks. Make sure you check out the Hungry Jacks NBL on ESPN. Let's touch on Melbourne United, mate, because uh, it has been a nice start to the season, you've had injuries galore. Sunday, we'll start there because it wasn't overly good. There was the week on the track. This week coming? Or the, mm, the week on, just gone. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, you say we're ticking along nicely and we are 10 and 3, top of the ladder, but, it, you know, you have a loss like that and it certainly doesn't feel like that. You um, you want to make up for it right away, but um, a week between games is uh, a long time and we've been feeling that on the training track. 250 games for United this week for you, CG. Yeah. Congratulations on that. You've been there since Thanks. the branding, or you were there prior to the branding of it, and now the rebranding. Dean Vickerman's been the coach there for a long time, and he's a defensive guy, so he would have been pretty annoyed, I assume, on Sunday after they put up 67 and a half. Yeah, and, and we, we watched film, we watched it, and there was just so many instances where we saw, you know, that's not, when we're at our best, that's not how we guard mm-hmm. these actions. That's not how we play. So um, focus has uh, been, you know, let's get back to doing what we do best, which is playing good defense. As you said, Dino's a, a, a very defensive-minded coach. So let's let's shore up that area. And I think we scored over 100 points. So it's not really the, the problem. Um, it's on the defensive end or it was uh, that game. Do you think you are the smartest basketballer right now you've ever been? And I asked that question based on watching you play a lot and, and you work off the ball and the way that you've gone about certain situations this year. Do you, do you think you're a smarter basketballer now than maybe ever? Uh, well, you know, um, experience brings mm-hmm. um, certain things, knowledge. Uh, so potentially, um, I'm not running around saying, oh, my – Basketball like use this, that, the other. Um, but yeah, I, I guess. No, I'll rephrase you... the question because I'll rephrase it to be like, do you do now the way you play your basketball? Do you find yourself playing it more efficiently than you might have a decade ago? I think. Oh, well, I definitely think about the game differently, yep. and um, what I value within the game um, has definitely changed mm-hmm. since I was a you know 
20-year-old kid running around trying to solidify a career for myself, um, whereas now it's very much more team-oriented, um, winning-driven, um, and and that is the way when I take take the court, I think about how we can how we can win, and that's really all that matters. It just so happens that yeah. sometimes it might be, hey, I need to score a few extra points or whatever it may be, but the the main focus is is how can we win. You had a lot of pre- – you hadn't won a championship prior to that 2017-2018 year, and you'd played a lot of great basketball, been in Olympics already. Like, was there a huge sense of relief when you finally did get it done? Do, 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 you, do you notice it in the way you approach basketball on the back of winning that first title? Yeah, relief was um, – I guess it's a good word. Like, the excitement and all that um, uh, of – paramount and, and at the forefront when it happens. Um, and then a little after it's like, oh, thank God, like mm-hmm. that's, that's done. But it, it doesn't last very long at all. The minute you flip to the next season, it's, it's a hunger and a desire to feel at mm-hmm. every single end of the season. So unfortunately it doesn't go like that all the time. Um, but I certainly want to feel it a few more times before I hang up. Is the hunger and desire still like uh, the second title you won was in such a strange time? We we touched on the Olympics and you went almost straight away to Tokyo, or at least to the to the camp prior to the the Olympic Games. But could did you find a chance to celebrate and and appreciate uh, that second NBL championship, or was it just whirlwind? No, we we did because we, it was kind of right at the back end of um, COVID, where there was restrictions easing just that tiniest little mm-hmm. bit. And I think you're allowed a bit bit more of a gathering yep. or whatever it may be. So we definitely found a way to to celebrate that as a group and with some people that hadn't been away with us along mm-hmm. the journey. We spent a lot of um, the season away from home and we, we found, you know, supporters and sponsors and owners and people that worked at the club. We, we had a night where we were able to celebrate that. But from there, me and Jock were pretty much on a plane um, a few days later to go and try and tackle the Olympics. Brisbane. Is it Brisbane on Sunday? Yeah, Brisbane, Sunday, 2 p.m., John Kane Arena. Who guards you? Tickets via Ticketek, melbourneutd.com.au. Jeez, I'll be happy with me. Absolutely, they will. Sobe guards you? Who, who, who guards you there? Uh, Sobe, McDaniel... Um, Who were you guys? Chris Smith. Yes, yeah, Smith, yeah. Um, he's been playing great basketball. So uh, I would imagine those guys will be around the mark. they got some good defenders. Mitch they Norman's have. there as well. So it's going to yeah. be a good game. Just before we let you go, they got a, a well, their head coach now is a former assistant and, and worked with you, I'm assuming, a lot, Justin Shuler. Hey, how much does that change little things you do, knowing that he would know the system relatively well? Yeah. Um, yeah, he would definitely have the knowledge. I think we have a good feel about how he wants to coach as well. And mm-hmm. that they've been very open in the fact of how they want to play basketball and where they see that they can be successful going forward to the future. So it's a bit funny when you come up against, um, you know, either players or coaches that have spent a lot of time in your system. But there might be a little extra there for, for Dean and Justin. I reckon they might have a little side wager or something, a bottle of wine. But um It'd be good to, to go to battle against them. This last one, you know, Christmas Day this year. I know you didn't play last year. You run well at the last COVID. minute. So yeah, uh, COVID. Christmas Day for you, you, you happy you're not playing? Um, 
Oh, I would have liked to experience it. Mm-hmm. I, I like the Christmas Day games. I think it should be teams that are based within the I same agree. area. I'd, yeah. I'd love to see a throwdown on mm-hmm. Christmas afternoon or Christmas night. I think Wollongong and Sydney have a, a healthy rivalry. Uh, I think that would be a great option as well. So I'm not against it. Um, but I guess my daughter's getting a little bit older. It'll be cool to spend some time with her this year. Hey Amen. Thanks for popping in. Good luck. 250 games for United on Sunday. Good luck against the Bullets. Thank you. Appreciate we'll, it. We'll wrap it all up on the other side of this.